0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Hello. Greg Hectus. How did I get here? And special guest, Tom Dryling. How's it going, guys? Uh, Hey, welcome, everybody. All right, let's uh, get to meet Tom Dryling. Thanks for coming on, Tom. Uh, you've been part of Team Tafosi here for, uh, I don't know, so a few weeks, a couple weeks. Um, but first, let's uh, go back in time and learn about how you got started in iRacing. When did you first hear the word iRacing? And then what did you do about it? So I had to hear
1: about iRacing probably around 2006, um, just before it was going to come out live. I was running a league. A couple of leagues that were thinking about transferring over when it came out um they had a couple of available uh alpha testers beta testers somewhere between there and i got in and i started back then there was a few things that i didn't like so i just kind of left it there and i left sim racing completely uh i came back about six years ago and i've been running a lot since and really happy with everything.
0: Okay. Yeah. We were talking about that story. And the reason that you really didn't like it early on was the lack of the ability to do a custom paint job.
1: Yeah. I was big into painting my own schemes, painting other people's schemes, and you just couldn't do it right then. Trading paints wasn't going to be out anytime soon they thought. So I wasn't very happy with it. So I was like, I'll just pack everything up.
0: Right. Okay. But you're back. You saw the light. And uh, now we have the trading paints and, you were showing off one of your uh, paint jobs uh, in the super late model just uh, a little bit ago.
1: Yeah, it's a super late model league that I'm in. Uh, also got in contact with the Spears late model series that are going to be running a special event next week. And they got a hold of me so they could do their visor and everything and look at it proper.
0: Okay, cool. All right, let's uh, hear about um, your, your setup as far as your hardware and software. I mean, what are you running for wheels, pedals? and uh, monitors, VR, and then third-party software. So I have a Fanatec 2.0 Club Sport base.
1: Um, I usually run two different wheels. I have a BMW wheel that I use for cup racing, any oval-type racing because it's a bigger wheel. And then I've got a formula wheel that I use for IndyCar racing, usually any road course. I have the inverted Fanatec um, pedals that I use. Um, Love those things. They're awesome. Uh, I use a single monitor. It's a 32-inch BenQ. Uh, I will be upgrading it shortly when they come back in stock to the new 49-inch Ultra Super One.
0: Ooh, those are so nice. Just total eye candy, huh? Most definitely. Yeah, that'll be a nice upgrade. Any thought of maybe going to triples instead?
1: Uh, Triples probably would not work in my apartment that I share with my girlfriend. Uh, Just not enough room. And unfortunately, VR makes me
2: carsick. Oh, why don't you just get rid of the girlfriend? Want it fit in better then? That might
0: be cheaper. Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, when I look at how wide my triples are, they're not too much wider than one of those Samsung widescreen. Now, Greg, are you really
3: giving him a hard time considering there's three girls in your house?
0: Yes. All right. Uh, what do you have all the, that equipment mounted to? Like, is there a cockpit or using a desk or?
1: it's a desk type setup uh i will be getting a new setup soon i have not determined on exactly which one still debating about a couple of them
0: but i'll be getting a rig shortly okay uh yeah there's a lot Uh, we'll talk about some today so uh, and you'll learn some more about what's out there let's talk about what are you running on our racing obviously with Team Tafosi, you're running the NASCAR iRacing series, and we're kind of doing the Road to Pro. And But what else are you doing besides those two series uh, outside of that? So, yeah, I do run the NIS series, uh,
1: mostly open. I uh, also run Road to Pro when I can and work allows me to. Uh, other than that, I'm running the major series. Um, Dave is also running that with uh, my team, Elite West, with uh, Richie Hearn, former IndyCar driver. Uh, run that series. I run a super late model series and I also run an
0: Xfinity, uh, fixed league on Sunday night. Yep. You're definitely keeping busy. I got your profile in front of me overall winning percentage on oval 2.6. That's about where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, we've been having fun in the, in the NIS series open, uh, since you've joined the team and you've been running with us unofficially for several weeks before that, Tom, so tell the team, tell everybody, the listeners, uh, how you got involved with Team Tifosi and uh, how did that come about? Well, how I got mixed
1: up with you guys was I've been a listener to the podcast for quite some time and we were looking for a driver to help us with a 24 hour race. So I messaged you guys and got a hold of David and David started running some events with us um, and he offered to have me come over and join you guys. and It's been a lot of fun, and you guys are hilarious on TeamSpeak.
0: Yeah, and the chat's pretty fun on Facebook as well. Most definitely. (laughs) All right, and uh, what is your most memorable iRacing moment so far?
1: Well, I have like two from last year. One of them was at Martinsville, where I actually beat Sage Karam uh, in an open NIS race. So that would be probably the biggest name I've ever beat. And then the two IndyCar Indy 500s that I won last year out of the four races.
0: Okay, and I was looking at you got some uh, stats listed here from uh, iRacing in the past. Uh, I'm going to read off a couple of them here. 2016 Pacific Major Sportsman Champ, 2017 NIS Champ Division Three, uh, and then some major wins in the in the major series. Uh, Southern 500, the 2.4 hours of Daytona, World 600, Indy 500, um, and so on. Uh, th- that's pretty good stats. Uh, thank you. Yeah, those are some of the
1: races that I've really loved. Uh, and running the major series has been a lot, a lot.
3: That uh, competi- The competition in that series, especially in the America's division, is just
0: really tough. Is that the one that Mike Ouellette runs? Yes, he runs the league. Uh, you
3: know, the, the guys that... Is it Christian Chandler that's leading in the America's division, or he's definitely
0: one of the front runners?
1: Yeah, Christian Chandler and um, Reynolds uh, run that series.
0: Yeah, that'll keep you honest. <laughs> a couple of, uh, Coke drivers in there, huh?
3: Most definitely,
1: most definitely.
3: Well, was it Blake or Christian? One of them had been running Europe and wanted to come back over to America's because there's there's a little bit tougher
0: competition.
3: A lot a lot more of the drivers are running in America's times.
1: Uh, Christian Chandler.
0: There you go. All right. And then, um, so let's talk about, uh, so we talked about most memorable moments and, and whatnot, but what about the future? So uh, what is your goals for the season, so to speak, with the coronavirus? Uh, I know, I think you're out of work because of that. And uh, so you racing more because of uh, the, vir- the virus situation?
1: Uh, yeah, right now, because of the shutdown, I'm a casino worker. So it's allowing me to run a whole lot more races. My goal is to get a whole lot better on the roadside. My oval side has been pretty good. Um, My roadside needs a lot of work, and I've been working with Richie and David as well to get better at the roadside.
0: So when's the next big road race? What, Le Mans?
1: Yeah, that would be Le Mans. On the the major side, we've got the 600 that we're running this weekend.
0: All right, very good. Well, welcome to the team, Tom. We're happy to have you with us here at Tafosi Racing, and it's been fun running with you, and uh, thanks for coming. Thank you very much. It's It's been quite enjoyable with you guys. Yeah, we're going to get you on the streaming soon. Uh, in fact, you can see all of us at Tifosi Racing uh, streaming. Well, most of us. Our, ra- our, our races are there, so check it out. All right, let's jump into topics. I guess we'll go right into NASCAR um, Pro Invitational. Let's talk about what happened uh, before the race, pre-race. Uh, they announced Rascal Flats for the national anthem, Kelsey Grammer with the command to start your engines, and Coach Joe Gibbs to give the uh, the prayer and invocation. So, man, with a, with a lineup like that, man, that's star studded. It's like a it's like the real you know Firecracker Four Hundred you know guest appearance. Pretty cool. And I don't know if you uh, oh. saw it, but the Rascal Flats performance was pretty good considering the three uh, performers were actually in different places. Did you think when they were performing that that they were going to... uh, I just didn't know how they were going to, you know, with lag and stuff like that for over the internet. I didn't know how it was going to sound. It looked like they were using like AirPods. And my guess was they were on some kind of speaker, like a a phone call, like a conference call. And we're just kind of listening to each other through that. Well, whatever it was, that was the best
2: performance that they've had at the start of a race so far this
3: year. I didn't watch it, but if if everybody's singing along to a pre-recorded track, you can you can c- kind of figure out the lag time for each person and then compensate for that. Well, I'm sh-
2: obviously it was probably pre-recorded, so it it, it But all uh, but all in all, it sounded really flawless to me. The, yeah. the way it did it. But the thing that got me was how they did the flyover
0: afterwards. Right. It's funny you say that it, when. Co- Coach was given the prayer, and it was a fairly long one uh, for a before the race prayer. But Coach was really into it, and I was thinking, Man, this is so, so much like a real race. All we need now is a flyover to make it just perfect. And just like you said, Greg, on cue, they had a flyover. So NASCAR had thrown up this tweet
2: afterwards showing about it, but uh, members of the fourth fighter wing from uh, J- uh, SJAFB, does- i mean i didn't click on the link here to know what that one is about but provided us with the incredible virtual flyover which it kind of got me like because i think was it you mike in our chat said if you would have told me that joe gibbs was giving the uh prayer at the beginning uh on iRacing you would never have thought it
0: i know it's kind of surreal this whole thing is going on for iRacing uh but yeah the flyover really caught me by surprise it's actually uh in reference to Seymour Johnson Air Force Base, I think, out of uh, North Carolina. And they're an actual squadron at a real Air Force Base, and they were talking about that team, even though they were showing a virtual flyover. It looked like some kind of flight sim. I'm wondering if they were the ones that were scheduled to do the race,
2: maybe? Right, give them some recognition, you know? Like, you got to wonder, we're taking this for granted, what we're doing now, but how many of these things are going to get not be like when real NASCAR comes back, there probably won't be flyovers There probably won't be because there's not even fans that they need to sing to. They're going to do the national app, They're going to do the prayer, but well, there's really no need for the flyover, right?
3: There'd been some cutbacks on flyovers anyway, because, uh, cert, some politicians were complaining about the money
0: being spent. Yeah, but it's a, it's a good value for the military. You know, they got to drive enrollment, you know, for the military ranks and, those kind of things really help that. And so, you know, you got to look at it like marketing. I
3: don't disagree. I just know I've been
2: to a few races where they're not to fly over. Now, we kind of passed through one there. Uh, what happened Saturday night, uh, David? Well,
3: uh, so we can almost call this a little bit of pre race. There was a dom- uh, Josh Berry. He basically put on a dominating show and took the checkered flag on, on uh, Saturday Night at Thunder at Richmond. I gave this one a watch and it was pretty entertaining to watch as well. Uh, I haven't really watched or raced the Xfinity cars in a long time. So it was, it was interesting seeing them out there, even though it's the same model you have in in the cup car, they definitely look just a little different
0: and they definitely drive different too. And how about the broadcast? I, you know, to our friend, Evan Pasoco and his team, man, I mean, they are getting the opportunity of a lifetime to be able to be the broadcast announcers on a NASCAR race with the real NASCAR drivers. I mean, on network television, it's so cool.
3: I think it's safe to say that Evan is on the same level as the, uh, MRN guys and, and the, really the TV broadcasters, I think now, not just in experience, but in
0: notoriety. Yeah. And then, you know, Tim Terry and the other guy, I, whose name escapes me, but they do a great job too. I mean, they are a, Uh, The three of them do it really good. And, you know, iRacing, as far as the broadcast and the visual out of their new broadcast studio in Boston, I mean, Adam, uh, Adamson, uh, Drew Adamson and his team are doing a great job. I mean, I thought it was a, you know, pretty well broadcast race. I think they're a little slow with the replays. And if they could just get the replays up a little bit quicker, I think it would just be perfect.
3: Yeah, and we'll get into uh, this story a little bit more later as well, but uh, Steve Myers was on uh, with Mike Bagley earlier this week on a podcast with MRN um, and was talking about how a a majority of the the video footage that's going to the studio is coming directly from iRacing and then then they're just kind of putting some of the graphics and, and replays together after the fact in the Fox studio.
0: Yeah, so they got to figure out this uh, quicker on the replay, and and I think they really got it nailed down. But visually, it's really working. Uh, Okay, let's keep going. The race. Okay, so Sunday, uh, it was all about Ryan Priest and uh, Matthew D. Burrito, or however you say his name. Uh, They were getting into it, guys, and there was payback going both ways.
2: I think it's Matt.
0: I uh, raced in my birthday suit. Oh, no,
1: this time it was a draft suit.
2: And I just heard I was listening. I went out to grab dinner before the race, or before the podcast, and uh, he was getting interviewed uh, on, uh, I can't remember what uh, thing on Sirius XM, but um, he was talking about getting ideas of what to wear next uh, from his fans.
3: And yeah, speaking about the act, the on-track action that got Eddie, and he he was pretty, we all kind of pointed out, in fact, when we, as we were watching the race, Matt got parked for intentionally wrecking. However, he was Nothing happened to Ryan. He was intentional. He intentionally wrecked Ryan because Ryan intentionally wrecked him and Ryan didn't get
0: parked. Well, Ryan so. priest wrecked him twice. Okay. So the, if you scroll down on that first link, you'll see a tweet from wood brothers racing with a gif of the replay. And you can see that Matt Benedetto is way up in the outside lane in the corner, way up high. And he just barrels it in there, goes right from the bottom, right up into the, his quarter panel, and just takes him out. Now, is it not just awesome that his own race team was coming to his defense?
2: I know, like I that, love it. That's, like, awesome.
0: And it was real time, too, Greg. Like, he, they, had, this tweet was, like, just a couple minutes after it happened kind of thing. Yeah, but it's it, pretty crazy. And it, then they were, like, ready to throw down after the race. He was like, give me your address, and I'll, I'll settle this or something, yeah. These guys, like, I
2: don't know if they've gotten the hint, but I mean, obviously we're all like stuck in our homes and there's probably a lot of angst in people, but I, have they not seen what's gone on? Uh, I mean, they're good with their PR stuff. Like this intentionally wrecking. I don't find it anything bad. It's just, it doesn't look good on, they all look like fools. Do they not? Like,
0: to me, it looks like a fool.
2: Well, let me ask you this. Does it happen
0: on the real racetrack?
2: Yeah,
3: it has
0: yeah so this is no different than
2: that well for an extent i don't think it happens this way though like do you think that that would happen the way that all unfolded there do you think it happens on the racetrack that way um especially knowing the consequences there's the problem here is there is no fear consequence there is no fear that you're gonna wreck and maybe hurt you know get hurt Right. right
3: not just that there's no fear of this the shenanigans afterwards because they will come their crew members or, or them they'll come look for you and there's possibility of real fisticuffs at the track that you don't get in the virtual racing
2: i don't know if uh ryan priest has seen maddie d but i don't think you want to go up against maddie d yeah
3: uh, i don't even think ryan newman would want to go up against maddie d
2: i mean right maddie d is probably the only body type that's
0: close to ryan newman Here's quite the thing. a thing Here's the thing. I don't mind how the drivers handled themselves. What I mind is how the officiating was handled. Where one driver was clearly punished and the other wasn't. That's you know everybody sees that. I mean, if I see it, everybody can see, and it looks it makes iRacing racing look bad or the officiating. Nobody really knows if is it NASCAR making the call, is it, is it Tyler Hudson or somebody like that or or what? But they just need to be careful with that. I mean, it looked bad and people on Twitter were talking about it, you know, but they, it felt like favoritism.
2: It's inconsistency, right? Like, right. They're, they're very inconsistent from week to week. And I, and it's, it's, it's a show of their, their growth and the fact that, you know, they're learning that they're, they, they probably, if you told them February that this is what they were going to be doing, they would have like laughed at you. And now they're trying to do everything. We see it every week. There are always patches and things like that. They're trying to, stay ahead of this stuff so that they can have put on a good show. And the thing that I know I took out of this race too was obviously this one was a no reset race, right? Right. So they guys still stayed in it after they were wrecked because they realized their sponsor time needed shown it. For some reason you saw a different attitude towards the sponsors side this week,
0: especially Bubba. Uh, That
3: (laughs) had nothing to do with the race as that has to do with what happened to Bubba.
0: And Kyle to a degree. But uh what one thing I wanna happened in the race was poor Christopher Bell, man, he had the wreck of his life. I mean, he got hit like four different times. Probably got at least eight X somehow, but and probably if it would've let him twelve. But uh, did you see the the replay of, of Chris Bell and what happened with him? <laughs> the only thing he didn't get
2: where he didn't go is in the crowd. Like there, how is this also because they weren't throwing the caution for that? Like that, that should have had a caution, and people should have been slowing up before that.
3: And you can see that even more on the next tweet on our script. Uh, wreck after wreck after wreck, and you know, got a car sideways on the on the back stretch, or is that no? That's the front stretch. Uh, no, that is the back stretch. Um, and they didn't throw the yellow. Uh, you know. You're not having to worry about cleaning the track like when you throw cautions in real life, but if the track's blocked and it's gonna and another car can't let up until they know the yellow's there, you can you're gonna end up taking out more competitors.
2: I'm sorry, when you don't have a reset and those cars you're on a short track, the caution comes out when there's two cars involved. I'm sorry, that's that should be how it is, unless they're spun off onto the bottom. The rest of it should have be been a caution, no matter what. I get we don't know if it's fueled by um tv time it has to be this has to be finished up before they run out of their tv slot but you can't tell me that that's not like you see nascar throws a a caution for a like a water bottle cap on the track so you know what the you got to do something here on the iRacing side
3: if it really comes down to time make it a timed race
0: you know i i agree greg i i think this makes i don't want to say iRacing look bad but it's another one of those things that kind of gives it makes it gimmicky or arcadic arcade like, where some wrecks bring out the caution, but others don't. It all depends on how much time we left and how much commercials, you know, need to be shown or whatever their formula is. Um, it the, the NASCAR fans can see right through it. And everybody can see these cautions that should be thrown that or not. And everyone is confused by it. And I think it turns people off, especially the hardcore race fan. And if I was racing in NASCAR, I would want, you know, to make this a little bit more legitimate and let's have a caution when there should be a caution, just like Greg said.
2: Well, and if you look at that whole clip for with Christopher Bell, he gets back on his all fours again and then drives into another guy. Like he shouldn't even be accelerating. Like he's trying to get back into a race again. His car's wrecked. Like you don't see a car that's been in an accident, trying to get back up to full speed. Um, after a wreck in NASCAR, the problem is I saw this twice. Like the inconsistency in the Saturday Indy race was the same way, uh, or car race, as this was uh, on Sunday.
0: Yeah, so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, the way that it's being officiated. Um, let's just turn on, let's let it be automated. Let's let, let, forget having a race uh, admin. Let's just make it like official racing and have the, uh, the service throw the caution.
1: I'd be okay so- with that.
0: Yep. Why
3: not? The good news is nobody got fired this week, Mike.
0: <laughs> That's the headline, right? You, you do realize the week's not over, right? Okay. So that was a headline from uh, Jenna Fryer, of the Associated Press, for the week. You mean the
2: person who's trying to get as many tweets as she can get out before the end of the week bashing stuff? Yeah. I I don't know. I've, I've had this conversation. I, I've had a problem with her all week for some reason, and, and she just rubs me the wrong way in her tweets, I guess.
3: She's a bit well, snarky. She also broke, uh, that, uh, they're opening up the race shops in North Carolina as an essential, essential
0: business. Yeah. So NASCAR will be coming back shortly. It'll only take them two or three weeks to get ready. All right. Radioactive. That was pretty cool. So we have a clip here,
2: um, doing the on the, uh, what site is it off of here on someone's YouTube pages? We got the link from, but anyways, the radioactive was quite, uh, interesting to listen to, uh, once again this week obviously it's snipped here and there together to figure out uh what's going on but it's it's good to hear their perspective as they're racing uh what'd you guys think of it
0: yeah i love it i, I love uh, ej o'rourke is putting together these videos it really gives some insight about how these guys respect each other i mean the way they were talking at the end of the race uh the nonsense going on with uh you know, De Benedetto and, and priest, you know, it was interesting to hear, uh, what people had to say about it. It's, uh, it's a perspective you would never get, right? Like the only time that this
2: was even possible where driver would dra- talk to driver in actual NASCAR was when they had the tandem dra- drafting, right? The rest of it was, um, you'll never see this. So
0: to have these personalities interact like that is pretty good. Right. Now the, the Twitch channel uh, to a side note, um, a lot of these drivers are doing twitch and whatnot and they're streaming their personal you know v- view like Jimmy Johnson and whatnot and and uh, that's really gained a lot of traction in fact I was listening to a podcast earlier today uh, during lunch from Nate Ryan at NBC his podcast he had uh, Parker Kligerman on and that's what they were talking about was can NASCAR embrace a way that this twitch streaming, is, is kind of the second screen experience when watching these NASCAR races. So when you watch that Sunday race on, on Fox, everybody's on your phone watching their favorite driver on Twitch while they're watching the broadcast on TV. And Parker was saying, let's do that in real NASCAR. We got cameras on all these cars. The broadcast can only use a handful of them for technical reasons. Why not get those other ones online like a Twitch stream? so the fans can pull those up, have chat, interact, that kind of thing. Maybe hear the drivers. And it was a really cool idea. Well, and think of
2: the sponsor advertising they can put on it as well, like, you know, how we have frames and things like that, you can have their sponsors scrolling through while you're looking at it. It's it's things where you could
0: advertise on it as an extra thing that somebody's looking at, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was saying let the teams run it, you know. The broadcast only takes five or six drivers they pick for the broadcast. Everybody else, they're on their own. They can they can stream whatever they want over their own page or their own social media. Pretty cool idea. But uh, I didn't finish the podcast, but they did finish, you know, talk about iRacing in depth as usual. Uh So more to come on that.
3: Are you saying you gave up on the podcast, Mike?
0: Well, I know Gluck... Is given up on iRacing
3: yeah he put out a tweet and he said he was trying to cover this Invitational series as if it was the real thing but he can't do it anymore and listed off a list of reasons why um Dell has a nice re- reply to it Dell Jr saying this is your truth but um this is still a a great thing and that may be exactly what it is is no this is not real racing it's something that's different but it's still great um and of course for all of us who do it online as well we we enjoy it because it puts us even closer to to these pros than than i racing did when they were only racing in real life um but i i didn't read the whole article because i tend to really not listen to jeff gluck The other
2: thing here is, is, and this is this is my biggest problem with all these. Just the same between Jenna Fry and, and and Jeff Gluck, you can give up on it all you want, and, and you try to understand it. Guess what? Ray Fella talks about this in in one of his tweets about how you know esports is a big industry now that is 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 becoming something, and it's you tell me right now that those forty guy or those forty drivers that compete in the um E NASCAR Coca-Cola series, you can't tell me that they do not mean it doesn't mean something to them. Guess what? They're gonna go home. Someone's in that series is gonna go home with a paycheck more than Jeff Gluck makes a year. You can't yep. tell me it's not more, it does not important to somebody. So don't give me this, you know, he can bail out on all he wants, but that's just an opinion on it. It he's try he sees it as a video game. This is always gonna be labeled as a video game. Well, guess what? You talk to Ray Alfalo with his four championships, that's a lifestyle for him. Now, the way he's done it, it's, it's something that he has in his, his life that he's doing that, that brings enjoyment to him. And and it actually a sustainable living if he does it properly.
3: And whether it's a win at the top level or in a middle split NIS level, it's still exciting and it still feels real. And that a part of what we love about racing, isn't just the driving there's it's the comp, it's the competition
2: well look at look at this afternoon david between me and you your high and my very low afternoon have a feeling in two different races
3: well and i that was after me being wrecked out of seven in a row we'll talk about that more in results but yeah it's definitely affects us probably more emotionally than we should the only, the only the lucky thing for me is i can be upset for about 30 seconds and walk away and go do something else but um, um this is it's not real, but it's still it's still real.
2: Yeah, it's, real to some, it's real to somebody. It's all about perspective, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're emotionally invested is a good word. But I like Dale Earnhardt's quote. I'm going to read it. He said, quote, While I viewed this experiment as an amazing opportunity for growth for iRacing as a business, I never saw it as an equal alternative to live action. But uh, pretty, yeah, too bad for Gluck. I mean, he tried... He didn't do his uh, tweet up like he was doing before on Instagram live this week. And I think the whole Kyle Larson thing really, uh, rubbed him the wrong way. Yeah. It was really unfortunate.
3: However, um, close to a million viewers didn't give up on a uh, racing. Did they?
2: No. And uh, Manny was it an uh, tweeted, um, that, uh, there was 971,000 total views, um, it was at two hundred ninety-one thousand in the eighteen to forty nine range. Uh, interesting to note that the 80, 18 to forty-nine percent is increased slightly uh, every race. So, you know, take it for what it is, stats-wise. You you know, did some of those numbers pump up because they wanted to see what the next bad thing that happened this week? They would you know,
0: did or was it just exposure because of all the stuff that happened last week? NASCAR's big thing is. For growth is that younger audience from 18 to 49 because their audience is really older than that the core audience and so there is when they look at stats that's what they're looking for and what did i say in the chat today about this i missed it (laughs) i said i think nascar is going to find out very shortly that they had better stats with iRacing than they do with their real race you just wait and see well and i kept seeing a whole bunch of stuff
2: this week and uh, Like, someone said, uh, after the Kyle Larson stuff, and I I saw things like, what would Dale think, Dale Earnhardt Sr. think of this? And I said, and I'm thinking to myself, people's got to stop living in 2001. We don't live in 2001. NASCAR isn't 2001 anymore. And that's 20 years ago. Computers and the internet and Twitter and all that stuff, like, was not, the Twitter and them wasn't even around when Dale died. So... You can't live in the past. And people that are saying that I'm, I missed the good old days. Well, yeah. If you keep thinking back, you're gonna let everything pass you. Like NASCAR has been pretty good for what it's been over the years. It's had rough spots, but I think I think them showing racing into this stuff this year, like getting into this esports in this bad time that we're in, was uh, was a great undertaking for a company that was taking a risk, right?
0: Yeah. I well, think, you know, playing- the people that were around 2001 are the people that are over 50, you know, and so that's not the audience they're trying to get. They need a younger audience. So I think iRacing is driving that. It seems like the stats are, 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 are you know, backing that statement up.
3: And I don't know how many, uh, uh, I don't know as much Dell history as a lot of guys do. However, um, there was a time when Dell doesn't didn't want to be on a multi-race car team. And then he was a multi-race car owner. So Dell's not afraid of change. The,
2: the other thing that, that gets me is um, you're going to find, like, I, I, what was I reading to you guys last night? The, the increase in subscriptions to iRacing um, over the last, um, what, since January 1st, I think is what I said. I said it was almost a 50,000-person subscription increase. Like, if you think that's over a couple weeks of watching it on TV... Who's watching it really? Like, who's gonna get on a computer and do this? It's gonna be the that eighteen to
0: forty nine demographic, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, diecast uh, announcement, uh, David.
3: So we've talked about some being able to order your own diecast straight out of iRacing. Well, now you can get your uh, your pro drivers diecasts,
0: and they have one coming from Will Byron's win last week. Pretty cool. I love the Exalta with the different shades of blue. Now, Lionel Racing and, and the people that make these die-casts, they're obviously taking an iRacing paint job and making a die-cast out of it. Is there a business opportunity here to to market to other you know normal iRacers like ourselves to take our paint jobs and make a die-cast?
3: We covered one about a year ago.
0: A guy I- who does yeah. it, yeah. But I'm saying as a company, maybe Lionel Racing or one of these die-cast companies should look into that.
2: Well, the problem... Like, obviously, they can make them off of real racing ones, but the problem is, is you can't, they can't take anything that somebody would create in iRacing legitimate, right? Because of the, uh, um, you know, the rights to all these spots. Copyright like copyrights, crap. Yeah. Copyrights is so much. Like, like even here in Canada, we can't even, like, if we get a diecast shipped from the States, I don't know if you've ever seen the thing with the States, beer, tobacco, and all those things can't be put on um diecasts that come from the states to canada so you'll get like if Dale jr i have it i just i should show you the car but i have a dale jr car that says dale jr on the hood because it doesn't say budweiser like there's there's so many things that you can't put on
0: cars in different areas right i see yeah pretty cool get your william byron uh race winner from bristol at lionel racing i, I wonder that- if he'll
2: do the other one from this week winning because that was a custom paint by somebody else too right
0: i would think they would i mean they got to do keeping business you know and this is the only thing going so what are you gonna do so he said he wasn't gonna do it but now he is mike what number is he coming back as is he taking that number oh that's a good question jeff gordon has announced he's gonna run the sunday race at talladega so pretty cool. I'm glad it's going to be fun to watch Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt Jr. maybe tandem drafting together. Well, what you know, this uh, actually
3: reminds me of something. Um, I've been to quite a few races at Bristol, and for a while they were doing a Legends race where they were bringing back, bringing back a lot of retired racers to, to run a short little race there. Until the, one of the last years I was there, a 75-year-old 75, 75 racer got in a really bad accident, and uh, they quit doing it so we're getting this opportunity for some of the retired drivers to come back in a way that doesn't involve having a million dollar sponsorship deal or putting their body in the same level of risk. So that's another great thing about this.
2: Well, you saying that Davis Gordon, do you remember the year that when, when he was covering for uh, Earnhardt, he asked Rick, he's like, I don't want to do Talladega. So That's what they put. I think they put Bowman in for that Talladega race that uh, that he that that they had to go through while they were subbing for Earnhardt, and uh, so now he's coming back to actually race Talladega in virtually.
3: Yeah, I bet you he won't have a motion rig.
2: I'm wondering if he's going to be in the studio one, the
0: Clint Boyer one. Well, they're going to do 40 drivers. I think they learned their lesson from last week. I hope they did. It was kind of silly how they were. uh, Remember, they you know, excluding Michael McDowell and others. Well, did you guys see that Larry McReynolds was watching last year's...
2: He posted up on his Twitter page, too, that he was watching last year's E-Nascar Coca-Cola Series race uh, to, see, to get some information on how that race unfolds at Talladega, which is... I think that race was a really clean race, too, to watch. So I have a feeling this Talladega race could be a very a better race to showcase what iRacing is, if it's done, if
0: they, if they race respectfully. Right. All right, let's switch gears. Let's go to IndyCar here. And uh, pre-race, before the race, uh, Kyle Busch uh, showing off his setup on his uh, Twitter account. Uh, what would you guys think of his uh, rig? He thought, uh, he's got that sim craft, obviously, but uh, he talks about it a little bit, gives a, a one-minute video. It's a beautiful rig.
2: Uh, beautiful setup. The only thing I couldn't understand is he was running a fanatic shifter. Why was he doing it gated? Why wouldn't he turn it to sequential? I never understood that with what he was doing in that race when he was explaining it.
1: He does know how.
2: There yeah, because that would have been the thing. Like a sequential for the, you know, that'd be really easy to drive. It sh- wouldn't have been hard because they were downshifting from fifth to third in the corners when they got further into a run there. So that would have been a, a hell of a day trying to
0: downshift all race yeah so you're talking about the Motegi, uh twin rule i can't say it. twin ring oval twin, race twi- and yeah you have to of downshift Motegi. in the corner yeah because that was
2: a once again this week this race when you get it you think about this race um the indy car is about adjustments in race that's the one thing that um those cars really need to to run really well and the fixed setups doesn't help them with that doing the, cause they need that weight jacker to help them in traffic. And you could see it when they first started going there in the race, the guys, when they would charge real hard in the corner and then they would on the exit, they would get out and wash out. If they had someone in the outside, like they were pinching some guys off. They were just making some really bad moves. And, uh, one of the things that happened was uh pole sitter, uh, um, shoot, I'm losing. Wickens. I'm forgetting his name. Wiccan. Sorry. Thank you, Tom. Um, he, he had started off there good and then will power came off the corner and got right on his left rear and almost spun him out wickens made a hell of a save but his car looked like it was never the same after that for the rest of the race like the the, the aerodynamics of these cars are very sensitive and you need that wake jacker is the biggest thing that they can't play with on a fixed setup right so if you think about how the race went, it was, it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good race. It went by pretty quickly. I noticed that when I was watching it. Um, but it was mostly dominated by powers, Dixon, Harvey, Pagino. They were all up there. McLaughlin was up there. Um, the, even after a pit stop, there was, it looked like there might be, um, a, some fuel strategy going on there at the end, but it didn't end up falling that way. And, um, uh, so then there was a late, uh, Will Powers and Scott Scott finally caught up to Will Powers with like ten to go, and um, Oliver SQ. I don't know what he was doing, but he was trying to pass the leaders on the inside to make it three wide. When they were first, the first time that they were attacking each other to try and pass, he decides to drive it three wide and and just pushes up and wrecks both of them, and um, no caution. Once again, like this is a caution thing. Uh, so Will Powers has got all this damage, and um, so Simon Pagino um, runs him down, and Will, Will, Will puts up a pretty good fight, if you see the, the way they were battling there, but that car should have never had any speed after that wreck either. Um, but very good uh, finish. Uh, Simon Pagino goes on to win his second in a row. Um, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite drivers from just the way he is, as personality wise, he's probably one of the most exciting guys in to to to
0: talk about. So, um, this guy Eskew, I don't think he's making any friends. Um, this is, I think, the second time he's had been involved in a questionable incident. And to be a lap car to take out not only first but second place as he's trying to pass first, I mean that's crazy. I just don't understand. It was ten to go, like. Obviously,
2: they weren't throwing any caution, so he wasn't going to get his lap. It just, for some reason, it just, for me, it rubs me as the way, like, just zoned out, not paying attention or
0: trying to be a hero, one of the things. But it just, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, and uh, if this was a real race, I'm sure drivers would be talking to him. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if this kind of uh, his driving style carries over to the real track, because we really haven't seen him in an IndyCar yet. is a rookie
2: yeah and that's the one thing like these guys maybe are trying to make a name for themselves trying to bring sponsorship you know we don't know what they're what some of these guys are because they haven't had any time on the track right right and to be go out there and wreck the leaders as a lap car i mean come on could you imagine like you've never even turned a lap in a professional race with these guys and you're already on their bat in their bad books
0: Right, that's what I, my point is. I mean, I've got to sit this guy down and have a couple words with him when they get to the track probably because uh, the way he's driving out here virtually. I
3: think I remember seeing a tweet from Dave Moody out in and Twitterverse asking when um, when we go back to real racing if any uh, retaliation will happen on the real track for what happened in iRacing. I don't
2: think you're going to have... Oh, you're talking about like in the NASCAR side? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to... I have a feeling the NASCAR side they're going to be racing so often there's not enough time for grudges to really build up like you know you're going there's going to be some but if I, I bet you car owners will start stepping in if if cars start getting torn up and you got to go Wednesday, Friday, Saturday or something and you got to try and get these races in they can't be keep bringing cars to the track, right?
3: Yeah, and the last big really wrecking each other uh rivalry I remember was Carl Edwards and uh, Brad Kozlowski, and once it gets to that point, NASCAR steps in as well.
2: Well, and then Kenseth and Logano was one of the ones too.
0: So, I got to watch part of this kind of on my lunch break, which I love the timing of the race because I can do that because I work Saturday, but what I what Paul Tracy and Townsend Bell were talking about on the broadcast was signature driving style. I mean, you could tell it's Will Power by the way he tries to break the draft and he would swerve down to the inside and back up to the wall. And, and, and Paul was like, yeah, you know, that's willpower. You can tell, and you can tell that Scott Dixon, by the way he's running his line. And, uh, I thought that was interesting that, you know, the guys doing the broadcast can really kind of tell even virtual on the virtual racetrack who's in the car. The other thing I noticed, I don't know if you, you obviously said, Mike, you didn't get it
2: most of it. I don't know if any of the other guys here have watched that race. It was another one where they didn't throw caution. They threw caution at a random time early on in that race that I think there probably should have been two or three more before that that, were in that should have brought cautions out. But um, anyways, that caution thing in that race. But the other thing that gets me is I have a feeling that, and this is just my opinion on it, these IndyCar guys take it more seriously. Yeah. than the Cup guys. They are more focused. There isn't as much drama. They're they're really good with their sponsor plugging and using Twitter and all that stuff properly with iRacing.
0: And I, I just feel like there's more passion on the IndyCar side for it. Yeah, but you can't tell by the stats, which were uh, released. Uh, NBCSN, they did earn 120,000 viewers for Saturday's event. Uh, was down from 202 at Michigan. Is it be, now? Do you think that's because of the name? Like, could
2: you think that maybe the Earnhardt name bumped some of that up to get the NASCAR fans watching? Sure. And it was also on a NASCAR track. You know, Quinn okay. Motagi is not a, a big name that you know, right? Yeah. But, but it might. Uh, I don't know if this will bring any more viewers in next week. We got another. It seems like they bring in a special star or a, a special another racer from a different type of series each week and this week they're going with uh, lando norris which i'm excited to see how he does at uh cote here because or coda because man he's a great racer and he's also one of the most uh for me like for an in f1 the way that you view him in f1 he's very very marketable and it's good to see and he really uh loves i-racing like he just ad- he just always promotes it and And he seems to enjoy being on the service.
0: And
3: Spa last year, didn't he and, was it him and Verstappen that just dominated Spa? Yeah, that's the thing. He's going to come in here and
0: kill these guys.
3: Well, the
2: one thing is, is I don't know. See, I don't know what his experience is in the IndyCar. We know what his experience is in the things that he strives in, right? Like, he seems to be good in the sports cars. He seems to be good. um, I think they were, they used the LMP cars, right? Um... I don't know like even like if you look at Max for seven he he raced the uh, v8s and did really good well, so spa, yeah.
3: spa was in a gt3 which about as far from an f1 car you can...
2: was it I a think GT3 you can put him in any in?
0: car and he's gonna run well yeah he's just good
2: well I'm sure you know he's also a, a a single fella he's probably got nothing to nothing really on the go he's probably in lockdown so he can practice a
0: lot too right this is so cool I I just he's gonna go in there and spank those guys I think he is Because he's a sim car driver as much as he's an F one driver, and he's on one of the best teams there is too. Lando versus
3: the field. What do you put the odds at? uh,
0: I think he's going to win it.
2: The only, the only way that if Lando might not get or might get taken is if Sage Karam doesn't beat himself.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Sage or Lando? Sage
2: Simon just keeps building himself. Simon. But we've only noticed Simon Simon finished okay in the road courses, but we've noticed him on the oval side more, right? Well, he's got the wins to back
3: it up. Does he have road wins?
2: No, both of them are ovals. But he is a good road racer in real life on the right. IndyCar side.
3: He also put out a good article talking about uh, sim racing. And I haven't
2: uh, totally gone through this article, so I'm going to um, read a portion of it here. And uh, just it, its it's good to have another perspective from uh, someone that, you know, he's done successful in what he's been doing on it, but it also just to, uh, cause someone asked him, how does it compare to real world, the real world, which is the big question we always ask. Right. Um, so what he had put in his article was, uh, to sum it up, I'm really impressed at how accurate today's simulation equipment is. It allows you to train your eyes, your reflexes and your race skills. I find it beneficial for my driver, uh, my driving and for my brain, uh, too. Or for my brain, too. You can study the data, compare yourself to your teammates. Uh, there's a lot of strategy involved. So it is very similar approach to real racing. Without iRacing, I would have been worried that my brain uh, brains weren't as sharp. I don't know why you said brains, but...
3: They <laughs> like said our brains. Weren't. We're just talking about the whole... Our brains, home. okay. That's, that
2: that makes sense, sorry. With uh, so much time off. Uh, at the moment but right now my brain is so awake and I feel like I'm going to be a strong driver when you get back uh, to racing in real life um, which is you know is a good point like maybe he some of these guys maybe not view racing's maybe a training tool to it's, it's just another tool that they can use to train to keep focus right just
0: repetitive movement you know doing the same thing
2: well and these tracks are laser scanned yeah if it doesn't feel like a real car but now he knows the layout and what to look for, um, for the most part. And when he gets to the racetrack, he's, his brain is is further along for figuring out what he wants to do there. Maybe he learns something in it that he didn't see while he was in the car and can try it in real life. Who knows?
3: Well, every every one of the racing series is, limits the practice and testing that you can do to try to save the team's money. So being able to do it, whether it's on the million-dollar simulator or just in iRacing, it's going to, it gives them an advantage that they didn't have before. Even if it's not exactly the same, you can still learn things. Well,
2: and do you think the one thing I was thinking about this too, with all these influx of pro drivers and out there buying some of these sim things, do you think some of the sim equipment might get even further along um, because of the exposure and maybe these drivers offer some, you know, work with a company and figure out, you know, this is what I feel and they can maybe tune it into something.
3: I think they already had drivers working on, on that level. Uh, didn't they have some pro drivers really helping the VRS guys develop their direct drive? Like I, I,
2: I, I, I agree with that, but I'm thinking like, you know, like even if you had like, um, like say Kyle Busch seems to me would be the guy that would work with a company just to, to try and get his setup the best he could have. Right. He just seems so focused in on doing that. Yeah.
3: And don't forget, Junior was a major tester with Iron all the way back to the early days.
0: Well, I think Denny was talking about, uh, I think it was not last week or the week before, that he was getting updates to his SimCraft rig, um, kind of referring to, you know, they were they were making adjustments, you know, based on what he was wanting and they were changing. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Fox Wednesday, they had their Wednesday uh, racing on Fox Sports. Uh, Will Power was in the rig in the studio this week. Uh, he was pretty terrible in both races. He did blame that rig, uh, for his performance. But first, what a, um, idea trophy trucks at wild west motorsports. And it was iracer Ronnie Anderson, who dominated Scott speed, Travis Pastrana, Ron caps, all in the race did well. And it was a really fun race to watch. Uh, Boyer was very vocal at the end of the race. That the track was just getting broken in, and he wanted to see more racing. But uh, after commercial break, they switched to late model IROC style at Daytona. So they were late model cars, but painted like the uh, old-fashioned uh, IROC uh, that they used to have. And it was Harvick and Ferrucci from the IndyCar series. They were hooked up the whole race and were fun to watch. Uh, Scott speed one with Harvick second and Bobby Labonte third.
3: That's, again, another one of the really neat things that's coming out of this is that we're getting so many cross disciplines getting to guys that you probably would never
0: get to see race together are getting to do it again. Right. Harvick and IndyCar driver for Rucci and Labani. I mean, what a mix. And uh, But, yeah, I saw part of this on my phone. I was working, but I was kind of, you know, peeking at it. Um, it was interesting. Uh, Chris said that he uh, watched it and was thoroughly entertained. That's what he told me.
3: You know, something I really thought we would never actually get to do because the guy is just always so busy. He's he's putting in so many hours. I never thought we'd actually get an interview with the iRacing Flagman.
0: Okay, how does that work?
3: Well, there's an article actually on NASCAR.com. You can go check it out. We got the link. Uh, And NASCAR Sasm, however however you pronounce his name, uh, has a nice little entertaining interview with NASCAR Flagman. And I'll just—you just have to go read it. I'm not going to give you too many hints, but it's hilarious.
2: Well, if you think about it, he's—he's watched eight
0: billion laps in iRacing.
3: (laughs) I wonder how many shoulder replacement surgeries he's already had to have.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay, so I'm going to give you one example uh, question here. I'm just going to pick one. He says, "Does he condition physically?" Yes. In order to practice his signature flag-waving motion, he allows a mad possum to bite down on his hand, and then he throws his arm up and down wildly until it releases its grip. Okay.
3: The one about does he have children is just go check it out. It was, it was very clever, very creative. And um, speaking of just moving on, more things. we I hinted at this a little bit earlier, but uh, Steve Myers went on uh, MRN. I forget what the name of the specific broadcast was. Is it it's NASCAR Live. NASCAR Live, that's right. With with uh with Mike Bagley, turn announcer for MRN and host of uh, the morning drive on Sirius XM. And um it was a great interview. It's gonna be a lot of the same information that we've already heard before, but some of the new information as he gets into specifically how the broadcast came together as quickly as it did uh as as the COVID situation developed and he go he gives you a little bit of behind the scenes on how they're handling the broadcast now who's who's doing the video and who's handling the broad the the replays and the overlays and such it's a, it's a good listen
0: it is and he even talks about how the you know it all got started he said he talked about that third he got a call Thursday night uh, before the Atlanta race got canceled from Dale Jr that Jeff Gordon was looking for his contact information because they really wanted to get something going on. So if you remember back to that Thursday before the Atlanta race, it was pretty, there were a lot of unknowns. I think that was when they announced, hey, we're going to run the race, but with no fan. And then I think it was the next day that they canceled it altogether.
3: And I really feel like some of our members were pretty prophetic because before anybody had announced it, like literally as soon as they said they were canceling the race, Maybe it was Bobby, maybe it was you, but one of y'all jumped in immediately and said they should just run it on iRacing. And they were thinking the same thing at the same time.
0: Yeah. Another tidbit was uh, Mark Smith, the producer uh, in Charlotte, is calling up to Drew Adamson in Boston what shots they're looking for on over TeamSpeak. And then everybody else is remote. There's only two guys that are actually in the broadcast room. We've heard that. Pretty cool how it works. It was a good listen to uh, NASCAR Live. They have a weekly uh, podcast. Uh, Moving on, uh, we found another video this week uh, where they do the split screen with the real uh, lap in the race car, as well as the iRacing lap in the race car, this time the Ford GTE. And uh, iRacing put out this video. And, uh, boy, it's kind of hard to tell which one's the real one and which one's not.
2: They need to put bug splatters on the screen in iRacing and then it'll be even more real.
3: Uh, they do have bug splatters. You don't ever notice those pop up on your, sh- your screen? That's not the, it's not bug
2: splatters. It's the it's tire like rubber.
0: Yeah, you mean like an actual bug I'm just splatter? Like, like If you, you see look at the this... bottom
2: one here, those are, you can see you know, those are yeah. bug splatters. Yeah,
0: that'd be a nice to have.
2: But this video, for one-to-one, you know, it, it doesn't
0: beat much. You know, you can't get much better and more accurate than that, can you? Well, it's really easy to tell when you look at the landmarks, the stuff around the track, and how they match up. Do you notice at one point there? There's a grandstand that's in the track on iRacing?
2: racing. Yeah, but we it's just not. It. Yeah, and it's not uh, in the actual one. I wonder if it's old or they took it down a bit later on, or it's a or it's a not a, it's not a permanent one. It's a temporary one.
3: Yeah, it's either temporary or most most of the tracks have been taking stands out because. Uh, attendance has been down.
2: Could you imagine building a track and then taking stuff out? Like, like the the cost, it, it just would feel like a waste, right?
3: You mean like taking the entire back stretch out of Daytona?
2: Yeah, true. Okay, let's keep moving. So, we go on to... Uh, I'm guessing this is a problem that we obviously know um, what happens on changeover day is what they're... Co- I'm guessing this is where this is kind of kicking off from, right, Mike? It's basically... At what eight o'clock Eastern is when they change it changes over, um, and this guy's talking about that Silverstone is the next track that they want to uh, or sorry it was Silverstone the week before and Suzuka is the next track. Um, but if you want to watch that person that's racing at that eight o'clock one, you can't watch it if you don't um, if you don't own the track. But if you own the Suzuka, like it's confusing how he wrote it here, but. Um, Basically, you have to if you don't own a track and the week switches over to the next one and you want to spectate for somebody or, and you don't have, don't have the previous week's track and it doesn't show up. It's 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 been a problem. I guess somebody has been pointing out you here. You can't do it. Yeah. So you have to buy the
0: other track, even though you don't want to.
2: Yeah. So basically, they're. They're saying that they need to create a bug report for it so that they can kind of fix that thing. It doesn't seem like it's a, a thing up in their want to fix list right now. It's a small sample size of something that's gonna ha-
0: that's happening. Yeah, how right? often is that gonna happen, you know?
3: Well it, it happens basically once a week if you don't own the previous track. Because it's only on this when it's switching Basi- over. Basically,
0: if you yeah, want to spectate, spectate the first that track particular yeah. session. Yeah. Yeah, they'll let that go probably.
2: So skip this other one here that we had on here we didn't you don't need that one david um which kind of brings me to this you know if you're thinking about this whole problem here about um skipping from a session at the beginning of the week they had another idea here this derek mcneil had a really cool idea um about having a crew chief option for an extra account so say What's the normal monthly subscription rate? Like, it's like 15 bucks? It's seven to 10. Or is is that what it is? Depending on if you do yearly or monthly. Okay, so say maybe you take it and add another half of uh, what a subscription cost is to add to your account. So so bring it for, say it was seven, bring it to 15. Um, What he's saying is that you can have a second login, um, so you can have uh, somebody can have access to all the cars and tracks, but to spot and be a crew chief, at the extra cost, uh, all the time, and I, and David Tucker was kind of from uh, iRacing, thought this was a good idea, um, so that you know helps get family members and things involved, so that um, you can do it. There, I think he's doing it so that you can do it from another computer as well, right? That's what they're saying if they're from another account, right? Um, well, I think the spread. idea is
0: you know have a second account that is not drivable and see, it doesn't cost as much.
2: See, when I read this my mind went straight through just streamers because then you could have the replay in your stream um right going you know how you were asking about that live view mike that's how you could this would be the way to do it instead of buying a whole full second account buying all the tracks just pay a little bit more in your subscription cost to have that option because you could even call this as like a streamer option
0: right like a secondary account that's not drivable and use it for crew chief or spotting or streaming or any, any of the above. Anything but actually driving. And, you know, yeah. ultimately
3: it all comes down to there's people who are already going ahead and streamers that go ahead and pay for a second account. I don't. Um, and probably won't if I have to buy an entire completely new account. But if they added this kind of option, I would consider it.
0: I would consider paying more, too, just to have the live camera view. Like, if it was half price or something, a normal subscription, why not? It, you know, it might drive revenue, too. Like, you could have even option. He's talking about the spotter here. Like I said, you could have just a streamer one, like guys that are just wanting to use it for the replay option. Or if this whole, you know, real racing, iRacing continues kind of thing, maybe it's an option for fans. Hey, you want to watch the, the Sunday NASCAR race? but you want to get on the sim and like drive the cameras yourself, you could log in for only four ninety five, you know, and, and uh, ride shotgun with Dale Jr. Now we'll throw in a little caveat to that. I, I came, I
3: got done racing whatever race I was racing Sunday late, or I don't remember why, but I got back and only caught the second half of the race and I tried to actually go in and spectate it. And it
0: sent me back a message saying all spectator slots were full. Right, so they'd have to fix that. <laughs> but, but I mean, that's an opportunity. I mean, uh, I would think for iRacing, if they could somehow make some kind of view-only account, that's not drivable. Okay, let's talk about our own, very own Adam Jocelyn. Uh, he shows them what's up uh, when he uh, entered into, uh, this week, a local or a regional race. It was an iRace, but it was for the regional people up in the northeast where he's from.
3: It was basically a a late was it a late model? I forget which I think, I think it, was it was late,
0: late or super late.
3: Yeah, super late. Um it was a race for just main drivers that that have real racing experience. And Adam has run once or twice up there on one of the tracks as well. He mostly does crew work for a real racing team up there, but he but he qualified because he has real racing racing experience. And this was a charity race for a driver that's recently passed away up in the area. So it was Maine drivers only. And there's a full article. It actually got coverage in what I'm guessing. It's called the Sun Journal. I'm, I'm assuming it's a local media outlet somewhere up in Maine covering the entire event. Um, it's a great, great read, uh, though I didn't go into didn't have time to go in detail on it. But they didn't Adam, mention Adam. It didn't mention Adam, which is odd, because I'm pretty sure I remember Adam saying he came in P2.
0: Yeah, P2, man. Good job, Adam. So, But they they raised quite a bit of money, I guess, for his family. All right. Very cool. I know Adam was very excited about doing well in that. In fact, I think he was really pumped that night. I mean, uh, yeah, he couldn't sleep and whatnot. Next up is the uh, a video by iRacing. It's the worst from April, the not top 10. And, man, I love these videos because... They're hilarious. Some of these, uh, some of the action in these. Um, wh- which job, one's your favorite? The, the thing with these is, it, it's
2: you just never know what's going to come up for the week, right? Like what, uh, what races have been going on? What laps have been doing? I always like the present. The music, the music is what got me. But the, the one that actually got me was the first one. Um, remembering it now is the two teammates that wrecked out at the twelve hours of Bathurst, taking out your own teammate. Right. But I love you, number eight. That one's the NASCAR one, right? That's the, where there's two cars yeah. going
0: side by side with just a, a gap between them, going really slow, like 10, 15 mile an hour at Michigan, and another guy comes at speed going 180, and he goes right in between them. I want to know how many times they did that to try and make that that uh, video. Because I don't think that you that's... got it perfect that time. Yeah. Yeah, they're fun to watch because, like you said, you don't know what to expect when it when it comes on. You're like, "Whoa, I didn't expect that!" And then there was uh, one where the cars are like flying through the air and land, and yeah, crazy.
3: Some pretty wild stuff that can happen in there. Um, getting a little bit back to the serious note, there is an article on CNET, which is like, which is really a technology um, website that's been a good place to go to look for basically anything you want to know if you're into technology not just pcs but just about anything that that has circuitry in it um and it's a bunch of racing tips from several uh pro racing drivers including parker kligerman Uh, and it gives you details about sticking with it uh how long to practice before you go in to try a race a lot of good information on here
0: yeah, four different pro drivers. They all give their own individual answers to the questions. Uh, it's kind of a neat, uh, long interview article. It's really, uh, it looks like it's really well done with the, like, I like how they all give their different
2: perspective, but I also like how they've mixed it up with some of the imaging and uh, different aspects of uh, the way they presented it in the, uh, the article here. Yeah, it's easy to
0: read, yeah.
3: One of the real, good, one of the good questions that that a lot of new guys coming into the uh, service will ask is, how important is a good car setups, and should newbies just stick with baselines, or immediately start fiddling around? Now, I spent probably, especially on the uh, iRacing side, years just doing fixed setup, and didn't really start to compete in in open until I joined with you guys and started to feel confident that I would have good sets to run.
2: Now, you're saying that, so that's – so, David, what would your – for a new driver coming into – what would your answer be for that? I'm going to ask Mike and Tom that as well, and I'll give my answer as well.
3: I would go with fixed or um, maybe in some of the lower-end open races. There's a lot of good setups that you can find either on some of the online communities that are giving them out or VRS that you can run with that will get you – that'll give you a really good baseline set to run with as well Uh, and i still don't know how to adjust a road car at all so i'm pretty much stuck with a vrs set or something somebody gives me Um, so i would say fixed or get you a good reliable source of a of a set that you can that you're going to feel comfortable riding
1: tom what would you say my brother just started a couple weeks ago i have him just running fixed races right now so he can get used to Speed with everybody and race craft. So I'd say stick with fixed for a while, to get comfortable with the car and the cars. Tommy, you're, you're up, out a little bit. Is that a little bit better? Yeah, yeah. That's a lot better. Yeah. So I'd say stick with the fixed for a while till you get used to, especially on the oval side, to get used to how the car goes and what you need the car to do before going to open setups.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You don't want to jump to open setups till you know race craft and you know, what's tight and loose and that kind of thing. What happens on a fuel run, a tire run, that kind of thing. I think my thing with the with the setups is, uh, you know, Practice. I I, <laughs> I saw this question on Facebook this week. Somebody on some, some new guy was like, hey, I want to, you know, get a crew chief for Road to Pro. I need somebody to help me with setups. And I told him, you're asking the wrong question. You're not going to find a crew chief to help you run Road to Pro. What you need to do is get on a team, and by being on a team of people, and if there's enough people, the crew chiefing stuff and learning how to set up stuff will come naturally from being part of a team. You can get a spotter and a crew chief by being involved with, and that's the route to go. So instead of asking for a crew chief, ask to see if you can get recruited onto a team.
2: Well, and and one of the things I've uh, that's really the biggest thing, Mike, is find find people that you're running with a lot that you, you want to be around. Um, start off fixed racing, get used to driving it. The Rookie Series does that anyways. The thing I did over the years, and, and and I've been around for almost 11, or probably 11 years on iRacing, and it iRacing's evolved a lot, so they don't get the same scale of coming up the way that they used to, but focus on a discipline if you want to race. So if you want to run the oval side, Get in a car and run it for a while. You can run open sets. There's a lot of sets out there. Run a set that you find feels right for you. And and go into a practice session for a couple hours and and, and move the track bar and see what it feels like to you. Find a, something that adjusts where it likes that you like the changes on it that makes it feel comfortable for you. Drive a comfortable car first. Don't drive a fast set. Drive a comfortable set. That's what you need to learn when you first start racing and iRacing. Don't go on these forum pages asking for the fastest sets because the fastest sets take a lot of skill to drive some of them. A lot of them are really loose. Like, you can even have, like, even grabbing someone else's set. David and I are two different drivers. We run the same set sometimes different ways or do different adjustments to it. David likes a loose set. I'm more of a comfortable driver. Mike drives probably more like myself, um... You're going to have different guys where you'll find that you can race your sets with, but you need to you need to focus on driving a comfortable set first before you can start getting feeling right to drive those those faster setups. But Mike's right though. Don't start asking for crew chiefs and things like that. Um, Find people that you that you are willing to 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 give you little knowledge here. We we used to have uh, John Hammer was really good for that. He he'd give you little um when I mean, he'd always give you uh, some a little advice some we take one thing here one thing there and you add it um to your repertoire over the years i don't i used to know a lot more about setups than i do now i've lost touch on that but you need to have something that's comfortable to start with and i i, I have a feeling that's lost in a lot of these guys right now they just want to be fast yep let's get to that
0: pro series all right we got a bop announcement
3: yeah everybody always wants to have the fastest uh car, in the multi-sports car races, multi-class races. and um, So iRacing is constantly playing the same kind of balance of power game that NASCAR used to have back in the 70s and 80s. Um, and the most recent updates have some weight changes. They've added 20 kilograms to the Audi. Um, added Audi 10 to the kept BMW. Going to
2: McDonald's.
3: <laughs> the Ferrari's also added 10 kilograms, and they left the Mercedes the same. That's interesting, because generally the, the at least... Um, for me, the Mercedes tends to be the most popular GT3 to drive. And the Audi is historically really challenging. But um, they have a whole bunch of different things that they use to calculate this. Based, I'm sure they use a lot of telemetry as well as advice from some of the guys who run the series regularly.
0: So I thought at some point, didn't they say they weren't going to announce these things anymore or specifics? They announced they weren't going to announce it anymore right i don't recall that they forgot i've never seen i racing
2: contradict what they're saying
3: (laughs) i don't recall them saying that they did say they weren't going to really make any more gt3s no
2: they they said that they were mike's right they did say that they weren't going to announce it because people would start they were afraid that people were going to start jumping from car to car was that not what it was right right let people pick their car instead of knowing trying to pick it's the same thing we were saying there. setups now know, you're picking. You know, they're gonna have more sales on a Mercedes now this week because it might be better, right? If they yeah. find out it's better.
3: Well, I don't know about everybody, but when they when they nerfed the uh, the Porsche nine one nine a couple of weeks ago, uh, I after the patch, I didn't read the patch notes. I just jumped on to run a run. Uh, an, a Le Mans race that morning, and I could tell immediately that the behave, battery was behaving differently. Now that's something where I'm seeing a, a number on my on my dashboard that that's not recharging as fast. But you'll you'll pick up some of these changes. The cars will feel different. So people are going to find out whether they stealth it or
0: or don't. This is for the new uh, Nurburgring 24 Hours, which runs Saturday. That 20 kilograms is a big increase on a car. So.
3: Um, moving back to the stock car world, uh, how can you drive like a pro Greg?
2: Well, and this is, this is another thing that, another tip that I could have for anybody that uh, is new to the racing. There's a lot of video of guys, um, giving their expert opinion on, you know, how they would, they race and Landon Castle post or tweeted on his page after, uh, his top five on Sunday, uh, in the pro invitational, he decided to break down his race, uh, from richmond which i i like to see this because his insight on how he did things in the race it was you know it, it was very strategical it's it's good to see how someone else's processes a race right like what did you guys think of how he was trying to set people up for passes and and how he how he viewed how he was racing there
0: i love this and and the the telemetry that he goes through uh towards the end of the video where he's looking at the graphs and uh, the different lines of the throttle and brake and steering input. That's the other thing. Like I'm not going to plug this too
2: hard, but VRS is a very good tool, and David David's used it uses it a lot for the roadside. But there is stuff in there that can give you base telemetry, in their you know fairly small um, small price cost, and they're also stable sets to race from. There there is options out there. Yes, if you don't want to pay, there is other options, but the telemetry part where you're trying to understand how, like on a team like ours, you know, I can see how David's driving compared to my driving at a certain track. Like telemetry, that stuff helps you understand what you're doing wrong or what the car's doing that you can't make, that you need to make it better, things like that.
3: And if you dive in, if you start to really get into setup building, the telemetry can even help you see if the car is bottoming out or, and what it's doing as far as the rake. Uh, it basically gives you all the same information that some, this, the workbook called Motec does.
0: Pretty cool video by Landon Castle. Uh, definitely check his channel on YouTube. He you only has 73 subscribers. I'm really glad to see someone like, like right now, a guy
2: like Landon Castle and his personality you don't see it in NASCAR because you just don't get this kind of perspective. with him. But his personality, these some of these personalities, they're going to get more exposure and it might help them in their career further after this. So uh, I like to see someone help help the uh, the uh, fellow iRacers, racers, you
0: know, fans, even people that want to watch this page, just understand what goes into racing. Think about it. He's not full time this year. He got parked. He doesn't have a ride. And without the coronavirus and this iRacing stuff and everything, we wouldn't be hearing from, you know, Landing Castle. But here he is. He's got a sponsor. He's got Blue Emu, everywhere. It's I mean, everywhere, all over this video, and and he's given them exposure, and he's probably getting a pay a paycheck and making a living uh, using iRacing. Pretty cool. You never turn down an opportunity, and he's taking it. Uh, I mean, he wasn't even invited. the event in Richmond he had to qualify in in and he did so pretty cool Landon good job uh next up a listener shout out uh Michael Miner thanks Michael uh in the forums he said hey want to thank you guys for the podcast keeps me entertained while I'm by myself at work mowing the grass for hours on end waxing the hallways or anything else I have to do uh thanks Mike for the shout out
2: look out for that bush Mike look out for it
0: (laughs) all right so My favorite time of the year for
2: racing the IndyCars is coming up. What do you guys think? The the Indianapolis 500, virtual Indianapolis 500, both the fixed and open. uh, They've announced the uh, time slots and all the parameters for it. Are you guys excited for Indy? Yeah.
0: You're never an IndyCar guy, are you, Mike? No, but they announced the fixed. Now, it's got different dates, though. So the fixed is May 8th through the 10th, and then the open is 15th through the 17th. So... The May eighth is closer to the actual holiday weekend
2: that they race it on, right? And then,
0: well, Memorial the, weekend's the last week of weekend of May. Yeah, but
2: they always race it one week prior, right? Prior, they, right? They do
0: the special events. Um,
2: so we'll just do go through this quickly. So the fixed uh, one has four time slots. There, uh, I'll do all the Eastern times. So it's Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, which would be the 8th, right? Yes, yeah, so the 8th, uh, the 9th, uh, Saturday at 9 p.m., or a.m., sorry, and then Saturday at 1 p.m. on the 9th, and then Sunday on the 10th will be at 9 a.m. Um, it's obviously uh, 200 laps, 500 miles, uh, 30-minute warm-up beforehand, field size of 33. It's obviously in the new, or in the Dallara.
0: Um, I remember, splits are by qualifying, which is a unique thing in iRacing. racing. If I remember correctly, I don't think I ever qualified for this
2: race. But anyways, uh, then on to the open one, which is the one that I'm looking forward to because that's the one where you need to be in to not uh, lose the car with uh, wearing that right front out. Anyways, so time slots. This is for the 17th. Uh, It does Friday night, 9 p.m. on the 15th. Then Saturday, they have the 9 a.m. and the 1 p.m. Eastern slot for the 16th of uh, May. And then Sunday of the 17th of May is at 9 a.m. again uh this is all open of the 4.0 um oval uh once again a 30 car 33 car field there isn't an incident limit which i don't think it matters because if you wreck those cars you're done anyways all right i am so looking forward to that open or fixed
1: uh both but more probably the open one. Uh, one, two, one two of them last year out I'm of glad the they doing it
2: two weeks in a row. Like they're doing a fixed
1: well, and right? an open. And we yes. also have a
3: Pacific Majors version as well.
1: Yep, we'll have the Majors, so I'll use that as testing for the setup.
3: So a little bit of somber news. Um, a frequent viewer of my stream, actually, and a former guest of the podcast, Dave Camp. His wife has tested positive for COVID. She is a frontline nurse, and he announced that she tested positive Today, which I don't know when the tweet actually came out, but it was sometime this week, and we'd like to know that it, we'd like him to know that our thoughts are with him. And I'm going to be optimistic and hope that she's somebody who is not very symptomatic.
2: I feel this feels this kind of hit to the point where it's she goes to work not having a choice, and it, it sucks. And it, it's it's really it, it's unfortunate that she's trying to help out and be you know, do her job and, and she's put into this situation every day, single day. And, um, I feel for them. I, I hope everything comes through or everything helps. Like Dave was saying that she's one of those ones that, you know, asymptomatic or, you know, has very, very less symptoms from it. So Dave, we're all thinking of you and your wife and, uh, hope uh, everything turns out. Okay.
3: Yep. And, um, we had another listener pitch in, uh, based on some of our discussion last week, uh talking about keeping team speak out of obs and he mentioned that he used to use to do it but he has some guys now that are usually generally quiet during the races he is and you can check the script out if you like i'm not going to go ahead and read the whole list but there's information on here on how you can just do it directly through windows and you don't even have to use a virtual audio cable uh, so we have a, a list of links in here on how you can isolate certain sounds from going into your stream
0: Yeah, and I got this on my to-do list, David, because I still need to fix this. I still have uh, TeamSpeak in my uh, stream, and I didn't want to do the virtual audio cable just because I've had personal challenges with that in the past, and it can mess up your windows.
2: I think we have a, like, and I know, like he's saying here, you know, he has people that don't talk much on the chat because of maybe having this. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to take my chat out so that our team members don't feel like they're having to you know keep what they're saying away from it too right
0: yeah and so i'm going to work on this maybe tonight and uh watch this video there's a youtube video we have a link to it that shows how to do it apparently without using any of that we- the other software so uh, thanks to our listener john jarrett for sending that in
2: yeah and if any just to piggyback off this and of you guys if we're talking about something we're not obviously experts on anything here. We're just all opinions and, and stuff that we read. Um, so if you have anything that's helpful like this when we're trying to, we'll get that out to our listeners so that, you know, they can, uh, you know, something that as simple as this, like we can go through videos and figure things out because this is going to help Mike and I. And I don't know. How, and after all these things that have gone on in the, watching NASCAR, some of this, I'm sure there's a lot of Twitch streamers that want to see this too and YouTube.
3: Speaking of which, I don't think I said his name. Thank you, John Jarrett, for sending us that information.
2: And uh, once, one other thing that got, uh, one of our last things here, we're going to go through the patch notes um, that happened today, which almost made me miss the uh, 3 o'clock NIS race, which I wish it might have had to, because the way I felt from that. But anyways, it was a minor patches. Um, this would be to do some fixes on the Ford GT, the Lara. Some of the car, a lot bunch of cars, there's some tracks changes, uh, for upcoming weeks. It looks like for Talladega and Dover for the next two pro, uh, pro series races, um, and just some AI fixes. Oh, you
0: sorry, can Lime also Rock. uh disrupt the or turn off the uh vibration motors on the Fanatec pedals now in the app. I and I
2: okay, and then they're also Lime Rock. The Grand Prix is now available on AI Racing,
0: so the Grand Prix Grand track, Prix. Oh, the version the layout. of
2: the Lime Rock? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's basically just a minor patch. It's almost pretty much the, the same type of patch we see every week with the, uh, um, at least the track-wise, is just the
0: advertisements and some of the stuff. Well Talladega and Dover had updates, and Talladega's this weekend.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking, even though it's equaling some downtime,
0: I'm liking the fact that all of the tracks are getting... Fresh sponsorship since it's going on TV, right? And they wouldn't otherwise if NASCAR, if this wasn't being televised and all that, I'm sure we wouldn't be getting these. Do you think it's hurting any of the updates coming up, like the major
2: ones with them going through this? Like they're diverting obviously
0: some resources to doing it, maybe. But like, like you said, though, it needs to be done. It's good to, that they're updating it. So, all right, let's keep moving. Uh, let's go into housekeeping. Uh, Show notes. Remember, we have links to everything, guys. So check out the show notes. There's a link in the description of the podcast uh, where you can get it. Um, And don't forget to share the podcast to all the new drivers out there. If you're in an iRacing race, key up at the beginning and say, hey, you guys, check out the iRacers Lounge. And let's get everybody at least to know about it. You know, they don't need to listen to it. Let's just make sure everybody's aware. There are so many new drivers out there. Uh, let's get them involved, guys. So I appreciate the listeners helping with that. Don't forget, we're on the Performance Motorsports Network over there in regular rotation. Uh, I don't know how many times they're playing our show a week, but uh, they definitely uh, have us on. I think almost daily. Also, we forget. I keep getting to our
2: podcast housekeeping notes, but leave reviews and stuff for Apple. I like leave a review about the podcast. It I guess. From what i've been reading is obviously helps the algorithm and keeps our it moves our our listing of where our podcast is around um so that it can be brought up on main pages if sometimes if uh you're looking for certain things like under racing or whatever so if you if you leave a review for us um just to help us out uh, bring us up far further to, to for more
0: eyes and there you go hardware software <laughs> So in the interest of time, we're going to, see, I'm going to hit a few of these guys. Um, I'm going to jump through them. Uh, so, Greg, start off with the uh, spotter pack one.
2: This one's kind of exciting because I kind of, um, I'm guessing, obviously uh, they're running a, a releasing a beta um, for a new spotter pack uh, coming out. Um, is it the Dale Jr. spotter pack is what they're calling it? Uh, a new one for it. But it looks like it's got a whole bunch of options for different spotters and crew chiefs um, to put in it. So it'd be, uh, looks like it's going to be one of the bigger, uh, updates that he's going to have a spotter pack for.
0: Yeah. And so there's a graphic that indicates that you can pick, uh, amongst the various crew chiefs, uh, Chad Kanaus, Todd Gordon, Mike Bugowitz, Adam Stevens, Rodney Childers, Paul Wolf, Cole Pern, or Alan Gustafson. And then the spotter list is also just as impressive. Brent Griffin, Clayton Hughes, Tad Boyd, TJ Majors, Joey Meyer, Tim Fidoa, or uh Eddie DeHaunt. Now, which which
2: spotter pack uh what would you pick for your crew chief and your spotter in that of those options there, Mike?
0: Well, you gotta go with Cole Pern, I would think for the, the good crew old Canadian chief. Cole Pern. Yeah. And then uh Brett Griffin, you know, how are you gonna go wrong with him or my favorite, maybe Joey Meyer. I'd probably pick Joey Meyer. I'd like the uh the old Paul Wolf TJ Majors uh but I guess we were used to
2: TJ Majors spotter packs on here, right? Right.
3: Well, didn't w- was it was it uh, Jimmy Johnson that fired him? Or was that Dale? That Knaufs was uh Johnson's. You, no, spotter. One of the spotters wasn't cleared him when he went and Oh yeah. The virtual spotter. And then TJ griped about it on the on on jokingly on there. No, show. it was
2: yeah, it was some uh um uh, I can picture his name, but anyways, he was talking about in his podcast. I know which one you're talking about, Mike.
0: All right. Um, in the interest of time, we're going to do one more uh, hardware uh, story. Uh, the one that we're going to do is... I lost it. Oh, the head motion one. I sent this last night, I think, or earlier today. What did you guys think of this? Uh, it's by Frex, and they put up on their Instagram something that they're working on here, and it's the most craziest thing you've ever seen. It, it's a... He's in the cockpit, he's racing, and he's got a thing that's behind the the seat, behind his head, that moves left to right, okay? And it's got, like, string or rope attached to it. And the rope goes over to a pulley system that's on the left or right side of his head. And the pulley system, the rope hooks to the side of your head, or to your VR, so to speak, and it literally pulls your head to the left or the right depending on you know if you're turning left or right on the sim and so it's a motion what they call frex head motion I,
2: I watched this video and i i immediately thought man i already have one of these it's called thing of having two girls one pulling on one arm one pulling on the other and trying to pull you in a different directions it sort of reminds me of it, just pulling you in different directions like it's such an odd concept. I wonder what it would feel like, but your neck muscles would take a beating.
3: So, if it came with an emergency stop button, kind of like the Fanatec Direct Drive wheels do, would it would it uh,
0: do you any good? It might be too late if it's ripping your neck off. That's what I was thinking. If something went wrong, you know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that would be a, a
2: problem, eh? What if it started pull it? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you'd need some kind of quick breakaway or something (laughs) for safety, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of little things about this. It says, very safety and effective way uh, to feel realistic sway G-force in the corners. Any streamers that use
3: that might be sponsored by a chiropractor.
0: I was going to say, obviously the the unit is just a
2: test unit there that they're showing. I'd hope that the back isn't open like that because that is a huge I mean, you know when somebody comes up behind you and rests their hand on the sim
0: watching something. imagine if their hand sits there fingers cut off and the little <laughs> sim head movement thingy <laughs> yeah great alright and with that we're going to move into results uh, let's finish up NASCAR iRacing Do we Series have at to? Richmond yeah because uh, Friday <laughs> open guess what Tom and I both got P5 Tom tell us about your race
1: yeah, had a pretty good run, ran in top 10, 15 most of the time, had a little bit of damage. Uh, unfortunately, the last run was 50 laps, didn't have a great, great tire cut, so only finished P5.
0: Yeah, and I also got a P5, uh, ran 10 to 15 for a while It got caught up in a wreck, had a little over a minute damage. Uh, fell to the back, but eventually got my truck, truck position, track position back and got a nice top five. Man, I'll take it. I was so happy to get that top five. All right, and then uh, Tony Rochette got wrecked out uh, by a lapper this time. The yellow came out and he got loose on the outside. And uh, who else ran on Friday? Uh, David, how about you? P-18.
3: I guess you couldn't hear me when I when I stepped in. Your
0: music was too loud. I had to pretty much just turn it off. So, sorry about that. All right. We'll get that figured out at some point.
3: Uh, P-18, yeah. I had an overaggressive driver just uh, hit me twice on lap three. He, he rear-ends me, shoves me into the car in front of me, and then the very next corner comes down and just hooks me to the left. So uh that was richmond was a rough week for me
2: Ooh, iRacing racing is down right now Ooh,
0: unexpectedly huh it says service unavailable go test now okay so man i can't just to reiterate i can't believe i was so happy with that top five in fact that means i didn't even run sunday morning i slept in uh how'd you guys run uh david you got p20
3: uh same thing this is one where i just got two cut Two guys wrecked on the outside of me on the white flag lap. I was running top ha- uh, top five, but uh, just got caught up in hard racing at the end in this one.
2: I'm just going to list all the last my, my four last results because they all have the same ending. Wrecked, wrecked, wrecked. I wrecked myself.
0: Dang. Okay, well, that makes it easy, Greg. <laughs> uh, Tony Rochette put down, uh, got wrecked out uh, three for three. Uh, it was a decent... Uh, but he's on his way back down to the bottom split, he said.
3: And, and that result that's listed for you has got to be somebody else because you didn't run Sunday.
0: Some- that was Sunday fixed, I think, is what that's supposed to be. Oh. Uh, P-28, uh, get caught up in other people's messes that weren't my doing. In fact, one incident, the guy turned me going down the straight. He just flat turned left. <laughs> I had to do a stop and go uh, with 20 incidents. Uh But, yeah, that poor guy, I think he said that something went wrong with his wheel or his shifter. No, his shifter, uh, he missed a shift or something, and the car just turned left, and it just hooked me. So, yeah, not a, and, you know, my fixed results have been horrible, horrible this year. I I have not had a decent finish in fixed, I don't think, so it just has not gone well. All right, let's switch to Talladega. Uh, Wednesday fixed, uh, Tony Rochette, P8, ran up front avoiding wrecks. Entered the pits a little hot. Caused a 40-second hold on green flag run. Got clipped on the second-to-last restart. Had nothing uh, for the draft in the last restart. Tom, P5. Nice run.
1: Yeah, top five. Uh, made a stupid mistake on the last yellow flag stop. I accidentally uh, clicked the fuel off when I was clicking tires off. Had to go back to 22nd spot and work my way back up, uh, of course, on the high side. So, top five, I was happy with that.
0: And doesn't that irritate you when you do something stupid like a check mark and that just ruins the whole race?
1: Yeah, uh, and then I even came on the radio. And go, let's see if I'm actually as good as I think I am.
0: Well, you got back up there, but what would have happened if you hadn't had the penalty? That's what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, probably a, bear, a butterfly right? effect.
0: All right, let's win, Go on to Wednesday Open. Uh, David wrecked.
3: Yes, I was running in the lead pack uh and it just made a move to the outside and a former teammate and still friend Craig Sykes get was giving me a good push. Uh we were about to take it take the lead and the inside leader decides to throw a block like he Brad Kaslowski or something and um but he threw the block too late and it caused a big wreck and destroyed me. He did apologize yeah. for it. So, you know, it's it's over with. He, um, it's just like the real racers have made the same kind of mistakes. So um, it was definitely frustrating, though, because I had a shot at winning.
0: Yeah, my race, I also got wrecked by a former teammate uh, that I'm not friends with. On the straightaway, on the backstretch, uh, it was one of those deals. Everybody's been in this situation where everybody's lined up on the bottom. You're pushing down the back there's nowhere to go and the guy you're right behind the guy in front of you and the guy behind you is trying to push you into him well that's exactly what happened this guy was trying to push me there was nowhere to go and it clipped my bumper and hooked me and sent me to the wall and couldn't finish the race um i was not happy tom you also wrecked out
1: yeah i got involved in a same crash with uh greg up there and uh It happens. Uh, Happened up the front. Couldn't really miss it.
0: You guys went pretty far into the race before wrecking out, right?
1: That wreck was
2: okay. This wreck was a guy that decided there was like probably a five-car breakaway in front of us, and it got a little bit of a gap, and he decided to go. I don't know what he was doing. He was on the top lane, or he moved from the center to the top because the top had a run, and it was on the backstretch down the straightaway. Went to the wall to try and block it, and then shot down right into front of my lane. And I was, I probably was going about 10 miles an hour faster coming towards his back bumper. So I moved a bit and he moved and I, tr- I turned him and there was a guy beside me already. And it's just, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know if he was trying to block both lines, thinking he was doing like what they actually do, trying to hold the momentum off both or what, but he wrecked a lot of good race cars.
1: Yeah. That car that was beside you was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There and you I, go.
2: I always hate getting into it with a teammate. It was a tough
0: night, uh, for, I think all, everybody in the race last night got wrecked out there. And I think Tony was the only one left, uh, near the end there. Tony Rochette got a P nine, but he was in position to win. He was running P three on the green, white checker. Um, I was jumped into spot for him, uh, near the end of the race. He said, stayed out of trouble. Mike hopped into spot, man. We were bobbing and weaving and leading till the last lap, uh, a car behind tried going where there was no room between me and the car on the outside and it wrecked, uh, wrecked him and everybody, but it was fun. And he was in position to win. I was just coaching him and telling him, you know, what to try to do to not to try to do and just tell him which lane to get in and just spotting. Uh, Chris was also watching and uh, we almost got Tony a win. I've been trying so hard to help him get, get there, but he'll get one this week if it goes well. And then, David, you're showing us that you're the leader of the team. You won the Thursday Open. Congratulations.
3: Yeah, he won. Um, kind of figured out this plate racing thing, I guess. Um, I actually loaded the wrong Can you set. help me? <laughs> well, really, the strategy for me is stay as far forward as I can, just because I feel like that's the best bet. know and that we have this debate every time we come to a plate race do you drop to the back or do you not qualify do you qualify and i I really try this everywhere but especially at plate races i'll just try to stay as far forward as i can i don't have to lead but the the more cars are behind me the better chance i have of that wreck happening behind me so that's the strategy i take but i actually loaded the wrong set in this race i loaded the old daytona set that i had been running earlier in the week until we we got one that was way better and so This one I had learned wasn't as trimmed out as well and wouldn't lead very well. So I was basically consigned to just try to push to the lead um, and ride behind somebody because I didn't think I had enough car to really make aggressive moves. Um, But on the last caution, we were right on the edge of the pit window and the leader went ahead and decided he didn't think he was going to make it. I saved enough fuel Restarted from the lead and held the low low line the whole stint. A couple of times, the outside line got really good runs, but um, the outside pusher on the white flag lap blew up. Bingo! And then, boom! Uh, that at that point, there was there was no catching me.
0: Yeah, the strategy of staying up front, I think, is solid. It worked for you. Yeah, good win. That's the third this year, I believe. Third this year, fifth NIS over the last two years. Yeah, good job, man. And you are getting it done on the plate tracks. I, I, I think you've, in the last uh, several plate races, David, over the last year or so, uh, your results are speaking for themselves.
3: And I, I feel like most of the drivers that are around me are, they can trust me to stay on the low line or the high line, and they can trust me to push, or
0: be pushed, and not make cr- uh, huge mistakes. Yep. And then uh, Tom, you ran P twenty five.
1: Yeah, I got involved in a crash with 10 to go while I was sitting in the top five. A car from the inside decided he wanted the middle lane going through the tri-oval. And unfortunately, I was already there. So it happens. We'll look forward to uh, Friday night.
0: And then I think Bobby Jonas ran. He said uh, led a few laps and then got wrecked out. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Let's talk road to pro. We did run that as well. Uh, Tony Rochette, P15. Uh, First actual Road to Pro finish without being wrecked. Uh, The first race with his new Fanatec oval rim that he just got, which I love, by the way. It has the NASCAR colors up on the top of it. Um, Same rim I run. Yeah. He said it was... No, he wasn't used to it. uh, Or the track, his bumps kept putting him in the wall. Uh, I ran. I got P16. I was garbage on old tires. I mean, the worst... (laughs) In the entire I killed, split. I
2: killed your first run, though.
0: Well, I fell to de- I dead last on the first run. I think it was the highest ninth. And then blew a tire coming to lap 36. Um, and I think after that, I got better. I was just able to not run the tires off. Um, or maybe because rubber was down. But yeah. the No late cautions hurt me. The long green runs hurt me. Because I can't save tires. I just can't. Well, and I was in the same race as you, Mike, and
2: I was running in the top 10. My first, I pitted early um, and a couple laps early because I felt the right front going too. I pushed it a little hard trying to chase down some guys, and I realized I was at 12% on my right front when I went uh, went into the pits. Um, But then I came out, and I was making up time, and it was green flag pit stops, and I'm just, I'm so shocked at how bad my luck is. This guy, he missed pit road he locked it up missed pit road and then he did exactly what you're supposed to do to the point where okay if you're not going to make pit road stay on the inside and and get going again and come around for another lap right well i don't know what he did but he gassed it up on old tire on 40 plus old lap tires and you know what it's like on restarts there as it is and he was right at the tri-oval and he turned it across in front of like six of us and i was the first car there and i squared him up straight in the door and i was like how bad is my luck when i was running perfectly well and this guy did that and i, I think i was more mad did of my bad luck than i was this guy like he didn't say anything didn't apologize didn't text anything he just left the room after that maybe he was embarrassed i don't know but it just was going one of those weeks of going into worse things that just keep happening
0: yeah uh, phil gary ran uh he wasn't in team speak with us he said he uh barely made the seat to the race in time he had to get his wife to fire everything up to make it he ended up p12 and then tom you had the best run p5
1: yeah p5 uh started 25th uh worked my way top five most of the race uh, we had a 98 lap run to end the race so we had to go full fuel on both of the runs uh i was behind the leader he spun going into the pits uh cost me some time i came out 12th worked my way up to fifth i'll take that uh that's a pretty good road to pro race
0: yeah considering how some of us ran i was embarrassed to tell you the truth i mean i've been on this service a long time and i get in that truck in atlanta and i can't even keep the tires on it man without blowing them
1: well that makes me feel how i felt in richmond where uh, I think I was in the race with Greg, and my tires were 20% less than everybody else on the front tire. Yeah. See, you the know thing you're is with wrong. Those,
2: With this tire, it's it's how you drive it in. It's it's all about how much pressure you put on that right front tire when you go into the corner. I'm a patient driver when it comes to entering a corner, and sometimes it's a detriment to me because guys run me over. Because they want to drive in hard. But if you go in hard and that tire starts sliding, you're going to just eat it up. And that's how you lose tires. All right. With that,
0: let's get into final thoughts. David Hall.
3: Stream twitch.tv slash MixMage. Come say hi.
0: All right. There you go. Greg Hector's final thoughts. Stream twitch.tv slash cactus. Frozen with two
2: O's, cactus with K's. A lot harder than David's, but come how talk. How many K's? I'm sorry. It's with
0: two K's. And or, uh, it's a lot harder. than. Or just go to Facebook Live, uh, Tifosi Racing, and you can see it there, too. Yes, sir. Okay. And then special guest, Tom Dryling. thanks for coming on to Tifosi Racing. Thanks for coming on the iRacers Lounge podcast. Uh, now you're on the team. We're going to want you here every week uh, if you're available. But, hey, uh, what's your final thoughts? Uh, thank you
1: guys for having me on. It, it's been a pleasure to be on the team. Uh, looking forward to this weekend. Got the uh, Coke 600 that we're doing for the major series. Uh, right now, I'm 11th in my uh, my set, so looking forward to that race. Have some fun. 600 miles at Charlotte.
3: I'm not, because I'm the world's worst hot lapper. That's a long race. And one of the challenges, though, with that major series is you have to get top split by Q time.
2: Hey, Mike, before you do your final thought, one thing I just remembered... Um... Plugging uh, the podcast for tomorrow night uh, for the after or aftermath uh, podcast with uh, oh, yeah. Chris and Tony. Um, I will be their
0: special guest, I guess tomorrow night they've asked me to come on. Okay. So if you want even more Irishers lounge podcast uh, material, check them out for a, uh, a pretty cool show. Yeah. Every other week they're doing it. So that'll be tomorrow night. Uh, and with my final thoughts, Man, Talladega, man, am I confident. I always say this coming into a plate uh, weekend, uh, a plate week, but man, I am. You know, when I ran last night, I was biding my time. I was not leading on purpose because I wanted to make sure I had enough fuel to pit with everybody else. When you're leading at Talladega all the laps, you're at a huge fuel disadvantage. You're going to have two less laps than everybody else behind you. And so... I didn't want to be that person this week, this year at Talladega. So I stayed in second, third, fourth, fifth, this road. And it took me, I had to really kind of hold back because that's not within me to just kind of lay back and not take that lead. But I did. And uh, I thought it was going to work out. You know, I got turned by uh, some guy, um, which I probably shouldn't have. Uh, I don't know if he's got something against me, but it wasn't cool and I wasn't happy with it, but... I was happy with how I was running. So, tomorrow night, I'm going to get that freaking win. I'm going to show you how it's done. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Facebook and Twitter. See you on the track.